0: When we closed the doors to church worship back in March, the world was already beginning to change. We had already introduced social distancing and frequent washing of hands or using of sanitising gel. Since March, the church has changed radically. We've changed in this parish, in this benefice, in this deanery in this Diocese. We have been searching for the past few weeks for ways to continue to be faithful to our calling, to be faithful to Christ in his commandment that we should continue to meet together, to break bread and to pray. As you know, over the last few weeks, I have been experimenting with what was a hobby of mine and trying to bring new ways into our Sunday worship, of engaging people and helping them to worship. The other week, one of my very clever sons, I find that every parent has at least one very clever son or daughter. But this particular clever son, Mark, is an educationalist and a specialist in blended education, blended learning. And he happened to watch one of the services that I had put together for a Sunday morning. And he said to me, it's almost as though you're trying to do blended worship, which was a term I hadn't thought of before. However, I had a chat to Mrs Gardner's very clever son, Stephen, and together we sat and talked about what blended worship might mean. That led to a three-way conversation on Zoom with Mark, Stephen, and myself. And the word curation came out that the leader of worship is a curator somebody who pulls together the various strands and yet our Church of England way has traditionally been that the vicar does it all but in the last hundred years or so things have changed gradually slowly Now we're quite used to having a different person stand up to read the lessons, somebody perhaps to preach, somebody to lead the first part of the service, and that the vicar will do the communion. Perhaps the person leading the prayers is now the one who we look to most of all, to be a representative of the people, that the prayers are truly of the people. Well, in our gospel today, we are told by Jesus to keep his commandments. And one of his greatest commandments is that we should keep the Last Supper memorial. The reenactment of the breaking of bread and the sharing of wine. This is something which perhaps we are very used to in our tradition, but that's not always the case. And whilst I was looking for some new material to curate into our Sunday morning service, I came across a short clip of somebody from an evangelical and very musical tradition, a person who uh, not only writes music, but also plays in a worship band. I was very interested in what he had to say.
1: In some contexts, we've almost forgotten that communion is part of worship. It's like a tag on thing. I don't know if you've ever been in in a worship band where you've gone, Oh, it's communion this week Oh, we can't do so many songs as if it's this sort of intrusion into our worship time actually in my mind communion is the one act of worship that Jesus said do this in worship and there's we've sometimes lost that sense of encounter again in communion as if all we're doing is remembering it and we are happy to say we'll encounter God in our songs but we don't think that we might encounter God in bread and wine whereas actually look at the story of Emmaus he, he breaks the bread and suddenly they realise who he is. And so I think having songs for introducing communion helps us to kind of continue that sense of encounter with God into our time of receiving bread and wine.
0: So it seems that whatever our tradition, whatever our circumstance, however much our church changes and our worship changes, we have this rock to cling to, our communion. Our communion in bread and wine, of course, is tangible. And those things we long for. But for the time being, our communion is spiritual. And that is just as important. As long as Jesus is among us, then we are fulfilling his commandment Keeping his life in the forefront of our lives and bringing his life to this ever-changing and often sad world.